Welcome to The Testament, a podcast that spotlights the amazing real-life stories of everyday people who've been transformed by their surrender to Jesus Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of one of the many miraculous before and after accounts of lives forever changed by encountering the Savior. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Testament Podcast. I am Darius, but uh, you also might know me as D-Lo, um, and I'm part of your... I think everybody knows you as D-Lo, right? <laughs> for the most part, yeah. Yeah, for the most part. <laughs> I am Jeff Keck, and we're here today with Holly Dodd. Holly, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Now, Holly, you're in Washington State, right? I am in Washington State, that's right. Okay, so you're going to hear Holly sound a little bit different because she's on the internet, but Holly, tell us about yourself. Um, I am a mom. I'm a military wife. I'm a, a mom of many. I have six kids living with me at home and two who are out on their own. I homeschool them. I, I work, newly work full time um, for my for my church. I don't know what else to say. We'll get to the rest of it, I guess, as we begin. Yeah. So, Holly, this podcast is all about our testimonies in Jesus. So give us an opportunity to kind of hear how you grew up a little bit. How did you actually find um, Jesus Christ in your life and accept the Holy Spirit into your heart? And then what has God kind of done for you since? Um, so I feel like there's just so many layers to my story. I've I grew up uh, Catholic and and kind of knew knew God, knew Jesus, kind of lived just kind of a lukewarm faith most of my life. And um, as my kids were getting older and I was homeschooling my kids, I I wanted to dive deeper into into exploring my faith and figuring out why I was saying the things I was saying and why I was doing the things I was doing and and what I really believed because I knew that in order to teach my kids that, that I needed to know what I was talking about. So we kind of went on that um, journey together as my oldest was entering high school. And um, I just really just started digging into, into the history of the church. And I don't know, there's, there's just so many just kind of winding things that God wove together. Um, I, when we moved to Washington, which was about seven years ago, we just found the most amazing church that I've ever been in. And we got to be super involved. Um, we're doing a lot of hands-on hands-on things, serving the community, a lot of learning things, um, different kinds of catechesis, and just had really good people living their faith around us that we could ask questions and talk about things with. And um, I feel like, I don't know, it's, I, in early, early 2020, I mean, just very beginning of 2020, I was a part of a book club and I was reading um, just I was reading something about uh, Jesus just walking and calling the calling his disciples just and it was stories I had read in the Bible hundreds of times. And suddenly I just the, the humanness of that really struck me and. And it really stuck with me. And I can just remember the moment where I was, um, what I was doing, how I underlined it in pencil. Um, and I just really just felt, I don't know, like a closeness somehow with Jesus then, like in his humanity and his, his, that he really, really exists, existed as a human. Um, and then uh, about a month later, a month and a half later, my son died um, unexpectedly. 
and I had was able to take all of those things that I had gained and um, and really walk through that season with faith and trust and and let the really hard things become the greatest joy in my life. Mm. Yeah, I totally want to get into that in a little bit as well. So um, you mentioned two different things. So you mentioned really coming to coming to faith in Christ in 2015. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, kind of, I would say like, yeah, 2014 or so just as um, it just it feels like it was slow and fast all at the same time. And I can, I can go through and pick out all these different pieces and people I was impacted by and uh, things I questioned and researched and books I bought and podcasts I listened to. But yeah, just, so I is mean, that, is that when you surrendered everything to Christ in that point? I mean, I, th I would say, I, I don't think there was a specific moment. I think it was just a, a gradual, um, more than anything, I think it was like a giving up the control of my own life and being like, Hey, God has bigger plans, um, than me and better plans than me. And, and that would probably take me back even farther, 2009, 2010, when I started just kind of realizing my own littleness, um, and that God's plans were greater than mine. But I would say definitely wholeheartedly when my son died, like surrender everything. Yeah, that's and that's what I'm talking about. Complete surrender and let God yeah. let God take control and, and just accept Christ. Like I think I wanted to before that. Okay. Like I had the desire to, but but I couldn't do anything else when once he died. So you also mentioned in your um, questions before about 2020. So that was 2014 that we're talking about here. But what was 2020? That was when you started getting even deeper. Um. Yeah. I mean, it was probably 2019 going into 2020. I was just. Um, I said I was it was in this book club at my at my church and and just reading I mean just this reading these things about just how powerful how I don't even know how to describe it just it's like the humanity like like Jesus became man walked on earth on purpose like there's a reason for that. And there's a reason that, that he entered into our joy and our suffering and everything that we are as humans. Um, and God created humans particularly um, with reason and purpose. And somehow that was all lost on me prior to, I would say late 2019. Mm -hmm. When I look back, it's silly to me that I didn't see it sooner. Well, no, I think that everybody who becomes a believer and surrenders their life to Christ has a, has a period of growth throughout the rest of their lives. So, well, when we accept Christ at the beginning, it's like, you know, maybe we don't fully understand what just happened, but over time we begin to realize that. So I don't think what you're saying is uncommon. I do want to say this, and this is kind of off script and, and just another question for you, but you're talking about 2019 into 2020. So this is the year of pandemic. Uh, probably uh -huh. hasn't happened yet because the pandemic was like March or April of 2020 or something right. like that. And at the same time, a year of nationwide protests and things that were going on across the nation. So as you're digging yes. deep into your faith— and becoming closer to Christ, but at the same time, it seems like the world's falling apart. Um, yes. Are you are you are you able to get even closer to Christ through that time? Tell me how twenty twenty went for you. Um, I don't. I mean, I don't closer. It's it feels weird to say closer because I feel like like I had this moment like after my son died when I just felt like I was being carried by God. Like there yeah. was like. 
like there was no other thought in my mind in the world um, besides that closeness. Sorry, I'm going to cry now. Um, so closer um, doesn't seem like the right word, but I don't know what the right word is. Like um, I was able to to dive into that in a different way than I would have been able to had I not lost my son at the beginning of all that. Um, it was also interesting because our community surrounded us like like nothing I've ever seen or heard of before when my son died, um, which was phenomenal because we're a military transplant to the community. Like I didn't even know we had that community. Um, and they surrounded us and just were just bringing meals and, and anything they could do. And then suddenly that was taken away. Um, because mm. you know the the pandemic started here yeah, in right. Washington, <laughs> like um, so we you know we were locking down and and having to stay away from each other sooner than anyone else was, uh, and so that was there was a real abruptness to that that we were just had all this poured into us, um, but I think that's where it was really important that that Jesus was at the center of that. Um, like God was carrying us at the center of that. We were, we were blessed by all those people in our life, but that wasn't the thing that was keeping us afloat. Right. And I think we realized that. And I remember um, just, just people being so concerned about, about COVID and about the pandemic. And, and my husband saying like, my son literally died of nothing. Like, a few months ago, like, how can I, how can we pretend that we can control this? And, and we can, you know, I'm, we're not, a, we're not afraid of dying, like, because we don't know when we're going to go. I don't know. Um, no, Holly, yeah, that's good. Um, you know, you had mentioned that, you know, um, the passing of your son kind of, um, it, w- it was a time period where there was like this immense closeness with God. Right. Um, and I know that you have, you know, a really huge God story there. We you know just with, with um, your children, if you could kind of like, like elaborate um, more on, on, on your story with, with your kids. Okay. Um, so I have, uh, I have eight living children. Um, my oldest is 22. Um between like after I had eight children, I had uh, a miscarriage, a very early miscarriage. It was just um, not very traumatic, just just something um, a little sad. Um, and then I had my ninth son, Killian, um, was born in 2018. Um, and so I had nine children in my home because my my older kids weren't out yet. Mm-hmm. And then Killian died in his sleep in 2020 in February. Um, obviously that rocked our world a lot. Um, not long after, not long after he died, um, we were kind of, you know, trying to find our place in the world Mm -hmm. in the middle of a pandemic. And, um, and I got pregnant again and I had a miscarriage at 14 weeks, um, Mm -hmm. in which I hemorrhaged quite a lot. Um, I had the the gift of being able to hold that son, his name is David, um, hold him in my hand. I mean, he was the size of a peanut. Um, he was beautiful and amazing. Um, and, and then I almost bled to death. Um, I went to the hospital, um, by ambulance. My husband could not come with me because pandemic, um, my priest tried to come to the hospital to see me and he could not get in the hospital because pandemic. Um, so I nearly died, but I didn't. 
Um, maybe I guess it was probably about six months after that I found out I was pregnant again and my son Isaac was born still in, uh, 2021 in October of 2021. So I've had 12 pregnancies. I have eight living children. Yeah. That's, that's kind of, can you clear, can you clear that up in my brain for me? Can you give me a timeline of your children? Um, so I have, I have, I had eight children and those eight children are all alive. Okay. So the first eight are alive and well. The first eight are alive and well. Okay. Yes. And, and after the eighth, I had my, my early loss. Um, and then I had Killian. So he would be my 10th pregnancy, but he was my ninth child. So for 20 months, I had nine children um, yeah. living in my house and, and then Killian died. And then I, and then I lost David and Isaac. What a wolf. That's so rough. Um, Goodness. What, did they ever find out what it was? What happened to Killian? Yeah, no, um, they did a they did a very thorough autopsy, um, which I don't know that very thorough and found yeah, yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah. They, they have no idea. Uh, kind of like Sid's, but he was twenty months old, so it's just called something else: sudden um, unexpected death of a child instead of an infant. Hmm. Okay, so and you said after his death is when you really got to the point where you're like, you know what? God, this is all you, right? Give yeah. yeah. And I, intellectually, I wanted to be there before that. Like, um, I mean, yeah. I don't I don't know exactly when <clears throat> that shift, that was a real gradual shift. But yeah, that was a, a hard turn when he died that I was like, yeah, like I'm nothing. God mm. is everything. So it was like could you i guess explain kind of take us take us through like the mind of holly during like that time um cuz you say that you know like like you said that you were nothing like what do you what do you mean by that um i don't like i like i have no control i have no control yeah. um i am a recovering perfectionist i like to say like i i like things to be orderly i like things yeah. to be successful right. i like um like one of one of my gifts that I have that I'm able to offer my family and my job and everything is I like to um, facilitate things like I do logistics well I can mm. help things happen um, but but I still like had that like need to control um, even though like I believe God is who He is and Jesus is who He is and the Holy Spirit's moving in my life I like I believed all those things I knew things about the history of the church and, and why I believed what I believed, but I hadn't really given all that up until it was just like the rug pulled out from under me mm. um, because it was completely unexpected. Killian was totally healthy. Right. Um, you know, when you, when you walk in and, and you find your baby dead in his crib, like there's nothing else like that. Um, nothing else like that. Um, and I just, I don't know. I didn't feel, I didn't feel angry. Um, at that point, I didn't like, I didn't know what to feel, but I knew that I wasn't in control. Mm -hmm. And I mean, as oh, I'm trying not to cry too much so I can keep talking. Um, yeah. you know, the paramedics were there, were there working on him, but I think he had, I think he had been gone for a little while. Um, I didn't have a lot of hope um that the what the paramedics were doing was gonna help but you know they do what they do and and i just i had a little prayer table in the corner of my living room and 
I just knelt down there and just, um, just prayed, Jesus, I trust in you, Jesus, I trust in you, like over and over and over again. And I don't, I mean, I had prayed that prayer before, um, but I don't, I never made like this intentional, like the right thing to do right now is to go and tell Jesus, I trust him. Mm. Um, it was just like, just from the bottom of my heart, just what I did. And when I looked back on that moment and I knew the peace, the just really absurd peace I felt in that, like, I, like, I don't even know how to explain it. I'm babbling now. Yeah, that's fine. Um, I would ask you like in the future, let's change your terminology a little bit. When you say I am nothing, scripture tells us quite differently about who we are. Um, you sure, are, sure, you sure. Are, yeah. I mean, I know what you're saying compared to God, you know, I'm, I'm nothing. Right. But no, you're, you're not, you're super important to him. Um, sure, a child of sure. God, of an, course. inheritance is yours, you know? Um, so not only that, but I, yeah, what a rough time. And I can't imagine, gosh, I have, I have, first of all, you have eight living children. I only have four. So like, I'm like half <laughs> the, the kid compilation that you are, but um, you have had, uh, one toddler die, um, two miscarriages and a stillborn, right? Yes. So you have four children yes. in heaven right now that are waiting to see you again. Yes. Yes. Four children in heaven who are, who are looking out for me and <laughs> who. Isn't yeah. that a joy knowing that you're going to get to see them again? Absolutely. Yeah. And my husband um, would tell people not long after Killian died, he would say, you know, our job as parents is to get our children to heaven. It feels like we cheated because mm. we, we just know they went right there. Wow. Um, it's so, still hard. So it's we, still hard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, I, and I'm not, I don't want to say that this is what it is, but you know, sometimes God does really just punch us to, to get us. Cause you were saying you were, almost there anyway and not real sure why i mean intellectually you wanted to be there but not real sure yeah. why you didn't surrender to jesus yet and then your toddler dies and you're like okay fine i surrender everything to you yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. a lot of times for me it, it always brings me back to the story of job you know mm. um yeah. and just how you know job wasn't necessarily as someone who just was disobedient and, and yeah. just not, you know, he, he was faithful. And that's the reason why like Satan was like, no, nah, I can get him. And God was like, okay, go ahead and try. Hmm. And like, yeah. I, it's, it's one thing that I, I talk with my wife a lot and um, always going back to that. It's a thing where sometimes, um, and I'm not saying that again, like this situation was that at all, not saying that, but um, I think there are moments where like, kind of how Jeff said we get you know punched in the gut you know you, you get that that rug swept under your feet just to kind of test your faith and say hey like do you trust in me though like you're my child you say these things you tell these things publicly but like in the midst of the lowest of lows do you still trust me because it's easy to trust God you know when things when are great yeah, yeah it's easy it's super easy so right you know, I, I couldn't even imagine well, and I just know, like, like I, that punch in the gut for sure. Like I, I just know that my faith now could not be my life that I live now could not be the way it is. Had my son not died, had my other sons died, like yeah. each thing wow. has brought these other beautiful things into our life. And 
have brought me like deeper into my faith and deeper into my love of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and after we, after Killian died, you know, we're a military family. We move um, all the time. We've lived yeah. here seven years. Um, so after Killian died, the way our community surrounded us was so phenomenal, mm. just so phenomenal, like just, and so authentic. It wasn't like, um, you know, people felt obligated to show up and help us. Like it was right. really authentic. Every need that we didn't even know we had was taken care of. And, um, and we were like, we just thought, well, maybe we should just try to stay here, which is an absurd thought because we're military. <laughs> and uh, so we just, you know, started playing around because we're just at home. Um, people, visitors coming and going, we start playing around on real estate apps and we had been renting a house and, and we, we found a house that, you know, could suit our family. It's uh, land is ha- much harder to come by here in Washington than it is in Texas. I think mm. um, every, th- every things are so expensive and they, places have no yards. And we found this house that has about an acre um, with barns and fences and, um, and it was below market value. And we came and looked at it right at the beginning of the COVID shutdown. So no one was buying a house because everybody thought that was going to be over really soon. Um, And I look back and see like how God kind of, God gave us this house we're in. And then it was just the best place to be when everything was shut down and we had these little projects to do and the kids had places to run. And and then we grew roots into this community um, in ways that we couldn't have any other way. And and I know we wouldn't have those things we have if Killian hadn't died. I mean, mm. God could find a way to do whatever he wants. For sure. But, but I, you know, I can't, we wouldn't have those things. Right. And I wouldn't have um, some of the, some of the closest friendships I have now grew out of people who, who walked with me through my grief. And um, I don't know, like, I can't even imagine what my life would be like. Yeah. And my life is beautiful. It's so beautiful. Yeah. One thing I wanted to kind of um, lean in real quick was, you know, there's this, you know, like you said it multiple times, right? That, you know, during that the time period, you know, the the death of Killian and then, um, you know, uh, your two sons afterwards, um, you know, you, you talk about how during that time period, you know, was... Um, where you were able to grow closer to God, right? Where you were able to realize that, hey, I have no control and and I need to surrender my life to you because you are the one that's fully in control. Sure, um, yeah. And so I'm just thinking about the the ones who, you know, people who are listening to this episode and, and they're they're going through a hard time and they're like, you know, whether they're angry at God right now or they're just like, yeah, there is no God. You know, in that situation, I know there's a lot of people in the world who have probably gone through something similar to that and walked away from the faith and going, yeah, like this, I just, right. this is just, you know, God can't be real because of this. And so one thing I kind of right. wanted to ask is, you know, in a period where a lot of people would have just walked away and been like, yeah, there's no way that God is real because if he, you know, this, this and that, um, kind of just like explain a little bit uh, and I know you said it before, but what, um, what got you to the point where you're like, yeah, no, like, 
I need to be closer to God. This is something that I I need to be closer to you and surrender more of my life to you during this time. Because I could feel like somebody listening to this um, could be kind of going through something similar and um, and just struggling. Yeah. So could you elaborate on that? Well, I'm sure. Um, I mean, I think it's it's hard for me to like explain because it just feels like it feels like I didn't have any. There was no other choice that made sense. Mm. Like being. Um, you know, not, not believing in God didn't make sense. And that's a grace that God has given me, I guess. Mm. Like, I just, like, I, that's, it was never a thought in my mind. I did have a time that I realized I was kind of angry at God. Yeah. And I don't think I had ever, I had never admitted I was angry at God before. Maybe I had been, um, but I, a friend of mine had given me a prayer book, um, that I was praying through the Psalms with, um, every morning and every evening, um, after he died. And, um, and there was, there was this night that I just, and I think it was the Psalms, you know, there's so many emotions in the Psalms, there's joy and there's praise and there's anger and sadness Mm -hmm. and just, just horrible grief. Um, and I think maybe reading through those kind of helped me understand that I could have all those emotions with God Mm -hmm. and still, love him and believe in him as who he was. Um, I, I never, I couldn't really understand them. I'm like, well, how can you be angry at God? We all love God. Um, and then I had one night that I just, I was like, I just couldn't pray. Gosh, I'm going to cry. Um, I just couldn't pray those Psalms that night. And so I tucked that book up under my pillow. Um, I didn't know why, like, like it was like, I wanted to be close to it, but I just couldn't even like, say the words. I just, I didn't even realize I was angry. I was, I was really frustrated. Um, we were several months into the pandemic. I wasn't seeing some of my friends that I wanted to see, um, you know, because we couldn't. And, Mm. and I just felt really frustrated with a lot of things. I didn't realize I was angry. And the next day I'd gone for a walk and, and I was listening to a podcast where they were, they were talking about a, a book and, at the end of the book, the character in the book was an atheist, but he's coming, um, he's dealing with crisis of faith and he realizes that he's just really angry at God. And if God, if he can be angry at God, then God must exist. And his anger was his proof. And it just struck me. Like I just stopped <laughs> in the middle of the park and I was like, wow. wait, I'm angry at God. I'm, I, I am, I'm angry yeah. at God. And I just like, <laughs> it was, <laughs> I was like so excited <laughs> that I could identify my own emotion. And I just felt like I wanted to like, lean into God and just pound on his chest. I was so angry and mm. then just like fall asleep there, mm. you know, cause I know that he loves me. Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. It's been a lot looking through, um, you know, your past experiences, Holly kind of, you no, know, when we ever you know look back at our own past experiences, we, we know and realize that they kind of help, push us to where we are today, right? How you were just talking about, you know, the the situation with, you know, your sons and that kind of 
pushing you and leading you closer to Christ and kind of where you are, where you're at right now. Um, so kind of to dive deeper into, into that, right. Into our experiences kind of pushing us and, and molding us, shaping us into who we are today. Um, you know, with your previous jobs, right. You know, like farm, you've been a farm hand, you've been an you know, office manager, you've worked in a juvenile treatment facility. Um, you have been in and currently are, you know, a, a worker within the church. So just kind of wondering like how, how have you seen, seen the Lord, you know, use your past to kind of bring you where you are today in, 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 in those job settings. Um, I'm especially, like when I, I especially want to hear about like how farmhand brought you into this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like working with the cattle was one of my favorite jobs ever. Um, but I don't, I don't know how it brought me to, my degree is in agriculture and it was an oh, internship good. that turned into a job and I worked oh, for this wow. beautiful family. Um, it was beautiful and it was in Kentucky and if, we hadn't moved from there. I maybe, maybe I would still be there. Um, I feel like it was kind of weird for me to think back, like how have my jobs? Um, Cause I really don't think a whole lot of my jobs. I, I went back to work um, just after, after Isaac was born. He was my stillborn in 2021. 20, um, and after he was born, I went back to work um, and I hadn't worked for 12 years outside of my house. Um, so those jobs all sound like this ancient part of me, but I think, um, like having such a variety of things and, and I love people, like I just love meeting so many different mm. kinds of people and just seeing <laughs> like how people live out their lives. And I think, so that's yeah. been a gift of doing all those different kinds of jobs, um, and working, um, you know, working with all kinds of different people between an office setting and a farm setting, or I'm working in the juvenile facility and um, having these kids come through there. Um, and it, just hearing the stories, just, I, I was that we were foster parents for a little while too. So a lot of similar kind of things, like we just learned like about the reality of humanity. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really passionate about humanity. So I guess that's where Jesus got me to when mm -hmm. I realized he was human, um, which is silly because I've known he was human since, you know, baby <laughs> Jesus in the manger when I was a toddler, probably in Sunday school, but um, I love humanity. Yeah. Uh, you say that, but, Think about, I mean, what Christmas is all about, and we celebrate it and everything. And then the secular world celebrates Christmas as well. And they talk about baby Jesus and everything. But you're right. Very, very rarely do we, I mean, we, we come to a point in our lives where we're like, wait a minute. It's not just a little baby in a manger, right? It's the savior of the world. And there's a whole story behind that, yep. that um, I think, you know, I'm with you. Yeah, you've heard about it all your life, but at some point yeah. that becomes very real. And God chose to do that. Like he didn't have to do that. He could have saved the world however he wanted. Yeah, right. um, and he chose to become human, like to become this little baby that relied on a mother, right. on a human mother to take care of him and keep him fed and dressed mm. and, and cared for. I mean, it's phenomenal to think about. Yeah. And, and th like that has to mean something. Yeah. For me, like I always think about, Whenever I'm looking back in Jesus' life, uh, it it's crazy to see that somebody as big and awesome and 
ominous and you know huge as god is he humbled himself and that's the and that's kind of what you were you know speaking of holly that's kind of where my mind went is just him humbling himself to be so low to where he's god but he's allowing himself to rely on our mother rely on on humans you know Mm -hmm. and there's such a comfort in that in a way like i mean if if God suffered as a human, of course I'm going to suffer right. as a human. Like that's not that's not God not taking care of me by letting you wow. know by letting my son die. It's not God ripping me off or something. Like it's like God just walking with me through my humanity. Wow! Um, and you know, and that I mean, Jesus suffered. We're going to suffer. That's something that you know I always look at Jesus suffering as. Um, you know, just his act of love, right? For for us and for us to have salvation, for us to have a relationship mm-hmm. with the Father, right? But it's it, mm-hmm. it's crazy. Like I love how you just said that when you you put it synonymous. You know, you you put it next to or parallel with us suffering, right? So Jesus suffered, therefore I, I'm going to suffer as well. <laughs> it's yeah. just it, wow. That's I, I think it. it helps us relate to Jesus more when we think of him in, in, in that light and be like, yo, I'm going to suffer because he did. Yeah. Well, and I can sit into the suffering with like, just as he did, like, mm. I don't. So um, like kind of a side story, but my pastor of my church, he has ALS mm-hmm. um, and he, um, he suffers a lot mm-hmm. with ALS. And if you ask him how he's doing, he his answer is always, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Mm-hmm. And before I lost Killian, I thought um, he was being stoic. Like he was just kind of um, fake it till you make it, you know, like you're just going to say you're blessed and you're going to feel blessed. And um, and after I lost Killian, I'm, I told him just a few days after, I was like, I get it. Like I am blessed <laughs> and this is hard at the same time, because that's what humanity is. Mm -hmm. Um, And we can suffer and, and just feel the love of God all at the same time. And it's not something we need to overcome. And I've totally um, gone off in a different trajectory. Sorry. (laughs) No, that's fine. Absolutely. Um, I do want to ask another question real quick before we close out. And that is um, you volunteer at a homeless shelter. So, I want to know, how did you get into that first off? And then how have you seen God kind of work through that in your life? But I even want to know this that's not on the list. With eight children, how do you find time to volunteer at a homeless shelter? <laughs> I take them with me. Nice. We all volunteer. Wow. Um, yes. So that is what brought me in to doing it is because um, our church, we have um, we have a very big population of homeless in the area of the country we live in. And our church um, hosts an overnight shelter for homeless men um, in the winter seasons when it's raining. Mm. Um, And there's different things you can do. There's people that stay overnight at the shelter with them. And there's um, you, we do laundry, we wash the bedding, but then also um, wash bins of their personal items that are just, you know, they just need washed or, um, or we cook meals for them. So that's what we started doing when I, I kind of wanted to do something 
that was real. Like collecting canned food is great, but I wanted to do something that was real with my family, with my kids. Um, and so we had the opportunity to cook meals. So we do laundry. Um, and then we also cook meals for them. So when it's our family's turn, we prepare the meal, um, and then get it all set up at the church. And then we serve the men and, and my kids go out and sit with them, um, share meals with them. And the guys, the guys just love having kids to talk to sure. and, mm. um, the kids, uh, my my youngest, when we first started doing that, he always he was like, "It's like ha- having our own restaurant, uh, but we just get to serve them." Um, and That's we don't awesome. we don't travel or go out of town for holidays, so we try to, um, you know, we try to do like Christmas and Thanksgiving that a lot of people can't do, but we try to do at least once a month, um, and then we do laundry a few times a month too. And it's it's just such a blessing um, for my kids. Well, and I, to do that. and and that's not just serving. That's also discipling your children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. When everything shut down um, mm-hmm. in COVID, when they, they closed the churches, they closed everything. Um, my youngest son, I mean, he just, he loves, loves serving so much. I mean, he was six and that was his first thing. Well, what about the, the men without homes? Where will they go? <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, well, I'm going to get my priest on the phone. I want to know the answer to that. Too. Uh, and I called and they were like, okay, we're working something out for those men. And, yeah. and they ended up um, actually having an even bigger, um, a more robust shelter program because there wasn't anything else going on in the facility. Um, so they were able to open a 24 hour shelter for those men and, and open another hygiene shelter at another church in town that my teenagers got to work in. Um, and it was just such a beautiful experience that, that hygiene shelter, um, you know, my teenagers who, who had just lost their brother, you know, like they, they were in a really hard place and for them to just want to go and give back to others and, and get to know them and share meals with them and be present with them. Um, it's just, it's a super gift that yeah. that my kids are allowed to do that. There's so many things that's we don't sweet. allow kids to do in our society. Um, no, too much risk fan, or whatever. That's fantastic. Good job, Holly. Yeah, we love it. All right. So we always close out by asking our guests for their favorite scripture. Now this could be a verse, a book, a storyline, a character, just something in scripture that continuously touches your heart. I would say um, Psalm 63. I think it's verse nine. Um, My soul thirsts for you and your right hand holds me fast. Mm -hmm. And I just, there's such beauty in that. Um, like that I'm thirsting for God, that I want more of God and, and reaching for him, but he's also holding on to me um, and not letting me fall. So, so that's my favorite. Outstanding. So Holly, um, what branch of service is your husband in? He's in the army. United States army. So thank him for his service for us. Yeah. My son's in the coast guard too. Nice. Oh, wow. Thank him for his service for us. (laughs) Um, how long has your husband been in, in the army? Uh, he has done 17 years. Oh, God bless him. All right. Wow. Nice. I appreciate you coming on, Holly. Thank you so much for being with us and sharing your testimony. Yeah. Thanks for the opportunity. I'm grateful. You got anything else, D-Lo? Uh, no. Thank you so much, Holly. Yeah, I just appreciate you just coming to, 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 to chop it up with us, as I like to say. Chop it up. Yeah. <laughs> Chop. Yeah, All right, it Holly. That's All it. the technical challenges. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I'm telling you, there's a story in there somewhere. I promise you. But hey, thank you. Thank you, Holly. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. 
Folks, if you want to learn more about who Jesus is, visit us at thetestamentpod.com. That's thetestamentpod.com. And click on the gospel message at the top of the page. Also, you can click on the Testament Podcast tab and learn more about our podcast and see what our most recent episodes are that we've launched. In addition, we're always looking for guests who want to brag on God. So please send yourself or someone you know to thetestamentpod.com and drop us a line with your interest or email us at thetestamentpod at gmail.com. We'll send you all the information we need in order to book you for an interview. Remember, do your part. Help us get these testimonies out there. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, and then like and share our posts so your friends can see what we're doing too. So thanks everybody for listening. Bye.